Welcome to Witham Sounding Board, a podcast sharing powerful business tips, insights, and trends for those seeking to become a rock star in their industry. Okay, welcome to the special edition of our Order Dealership Services Group podcast series. I'm Jim Burke, Managing Director of Advisory Services here at Witham. Joining me today, my partner, Stuart McCallum, who heads up our auto uh, dealership niche here at the firm. Michael DeShield uh, from AutoTrieve and Rick Manista from AutoTrieve, two experts uh, servicing dealers throughout the country in this space. And uh, thank you guys for joining uh, me today on the panel. Today's topic of discussion on the podcast, the Consumer Financial Protection uh, Bureau. Stuart, shed some light on CFPB for us, would you? So many of you are probably somewhat familiar with the CFPB as this was a hot topic, give or take 10 years ago under the Obama administration. So the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau was an office created to ensure fair lending standards in the financial institutions of the United States. That was the initial intent. However, after a while, the CFPB, uh, as with many programs that are not thoroughly defined, uh, realized that dealerships fell to some degree within the scope of the CFPB as dealerships were arranging financing, no different than any other bank. It's the it's a dealer, an F&I manager that's acting as an in-between or an agent on behalf of these banks. And so the CFPB, for a while there, we thought was going to have a pretty hard impact on dealers. Obama leaves office, Trump enters his off and enters the office. The CFPB kind of took a nap there for four years. Now, under the current administration, the CFPB uh, is being revitalized, and there is a couple of areas that the CFPB, in particular, has a lens. And I would tell you that. This is not a this is not a cautionary tale that, you know, I'm, I'm crying uh, fire or crying wolf because I smell smoke or smell an animal. I'm looking at the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau website right now and they have a landing page. What should I do if I think an auto dealer or lender is violating the law? File a complaint here. Click and file a complaint. So the CFPB very clearly has auto dealers in its scope and it and it's going to hit dealers uh, more most accurately with respect to originating loans. So think about unfair lending standards. That is, am I arranging financing for everybody? The same, regardless of race, ethnicity, uh, background, the. CFPB, though, doesn't have perfect visibility to who is filing for credit or who is originating credit at a dealership. And believe it or not, I've actually served uh, some engagements for the CFPB combing through data. And the data that the CFPB is going to use to determine if there's disparate impact are zip codes. So they don't know, you know, they could think Stuart McCallum, he's a, you know, Scotch Irish guy. Uh, but they really don't know what they're going to use is a zip code. And that zip code is what they're going to use to slice and dice data, determine if there is disparity. And if there is disparity, then they're going to start knocking on the door to ask, hey, please defend your actions. And this is where I think the auto tree guys 
provide tremendous value because if I'm a dealer and I'm accused of nefarious actions with respect to loan origination and I have 30,000 hard copies of deal jackets in the back with uh, with very poor scans of people's driver's licenses and whatnot, there's no way I'll be able to defend myself because they're going to come to me and they might have 5,000 VIN numbers that said, hey, in these transactions, you did bad. There's no way I can go back and find it. And so this is one of those examples where partnering with a digital, a digitally enabled file storage provider can provide tremendous value on the defense. And I don't know, Rick, is if if this has come up before. It really has. It's um, pr- protecting the client's data that sits in the deal jacket has been forefront for most of these store owners that we deal with. Um, so what happens is if the deal jacket, like like you said, is in a file room and boxes. Uh, the, the store owner may have done everything the right way. They have the right documents in the deal jacket. Um, however, as others go to retrieve it, it's very likely that those papers within that deal jacket can be lost or the deal jacket itself could be lost. So by giving us their deal jackets to scan and giving us those, those jackets to scan as soon as possible, not like a year or two later, they at least once it's scanned, it's a PDF, it's encrypted, and it's secured. So they can't lose documents within, and they also cannot lose the deal jacket at that point. And again, we're giving them a verification report back by matching it to the data they have on their own servers to verify every deal that they have closed has been imaged and is stored in our servers. Now, being a cloud-based system uh, with the right passwords, they also can audit their deal jackets from anywhere. So a, a president of a company, general manager, principal, can say, I want to see this one store. I'm worried what they're doing there. Instead of asking for all those deal jackets and boxes coming to their main office, they go log on and look at a from and to date and bring up all the deals for one store and just flash through the images to make sure the correct documents to protect the client are in that folder itself. So if I understand you correctly, Rick, what you are saying is, and this, and I don't know how you work, this is definitely the way I work. By the end of the week, there are certain things that I need to catch up on, and it might be nine o'clock on a Friday night. If I meant to audit some deal jackets of a dealership or dealership group that I own, I wouldn't be able to necessarily reach out to the business manager and get those deal jackets folded so I can review them. But with your system, I could theoretically be watching uh, Seinfeld reruns on Netflix or Hulu and log in and pull up deal jackets just for my own sanity sake so I can sleep well on a Friday night. Exactly. So you have you have 100% 24 by 7 access to your documents that you have responsibility and liability with. And you're also showing your staff that without them, without requesting it, you also could do your own audit, either third party or your own personal audit of those documents. And I think that brings up Uh, an important part here, which is if I have deal jackets in the back and they're just sitting in hard copy form and I don't have ready access to them, what, what certainty do I have that I can hold my team members accountable for doing things the right way? It's because I know, right, if I have an F&I manager that may not be doing things the right way, and, and that person's friendly with the office manager. And I say, hey, can you pull 10 deal jackets? 
they might selectively pull Ted Deal Jackets to make that that person look like a rock star, while the other 900 Deal Jackets they touched this year uh, are missing half the documents. So if I understand you correctly, it sounds like this this would also increase accountability at stores with respect to compliance matters. Most definitely, because then they know you're watching as it goes. And there's a story in one of the association's uh, quarterly uh, magazines last month how an investigator walked into the back door of a dealership, found a person who was cleaning the dealership, and said, do you have access to deal jackets? And the person said, yeah, I cleaned that room. He said, I'll give you 100 bucks if you can get me a deal jacket, any one. The person walked in, they grabbed the deal jacket, gave the investor, the investigator, $100. Gave gave them the... uh, deal jacket for the hundred dollars which then created a penalty of releasing private info so which on paper you know you have a lot of different type employees could be your high earners could be your low earners who's to say who could get greedy who could get sloppy but if you scan it you keep it off-site on our servers and then you have it's password protected so the people you want to have access only have access you're taking a lot of liability away from your store. Well, I know that on our own walkthroughs or consulting, if I have consultants that are walking through a car dealership and they see deal jackets standing sitting on top of some person's desk, they'll go ahead and swipe them at the beginning of the, enga- the engagement and see if anybody comes looking for them. And if they don't, <laughs> if they don't, you go to the general manager and say, hey, we, uh, we collected five deal jackets on Monday, Friday afternoon. Do you know if anybody would ask where these were? Yep, exactly. Because you you assume in those deal jackets are beyond CFPB stuff, challenges, legalities. The fact that there's sensitive information that I could just walk away with times five on that one person's desk is a huge legal liability and reputational risk. You know, forget the CFPB. Think of everything else. Right. And you're talking about active deal jackets that were just generated this week. Look at many stores have a warehouse in a very low income area to store paper that basically will have you know a lock on the door and they'll have years and years of deal jackets in that room or in that often building. enough often enough rick and uh, Stuart and jim we even see it stored in in you know mobile trailers and small yeah. you know i mean not even secure little you know storage self-storage facilities they're literally you know uh, uh, trailers that are on the property outside of the dealership in some of these small businesses cases, which is insane. So talk to me guys about these digital deal jackets. Okay. Um, say, you know, I, I don't know about these digital deal jackets. Where are they? You know, I can't put my arms around them. I can't feel them. I don't t- tell me where they're at. H- how do I feel comfortable about going from that paper world of paper deal jackets that are stored obviously in trailers and all over the place to, digital deal jackets. Where are they? How can I feel comfortable with them? Well, we store them on our own servers at our own data center, which we own and manage at our production site. And we back it up at our disaster recovery center, which we also own and manage. So as we scan the deal jackets, we store them on what's called RAID level five servers, which means it's breaking that image apart onto different partitions. It goes to a twin server, and then it goes to the triplet, which is the disaster recovery. So everything that's stored is encrypted. Um, We do not merge client data with another clients. Each client has their own partitions on our drives, on our servers. Um, Everything has to go through a firewall for retrieval. And the clients, 
manage access themselves. They have their own website with us. They decide who has the right to retrieve. They assign the password to their employee. If that employee leaves, within seconds, they can log on to our admin for passwords and delete that employee's access. And we also have customers that can only retrieve from specific IP addresses so that they can only retrieve, let's say, from the store by the IP address. So it is so, a very secure system. Yeah, so it seems to me, I, you know, you've like convinced me in a very short amount of time that, you know, the paper is probably not the way to go. I should be looking at digitalizing my entire deal jacket uh, uh, process within my within my dealership. I should be migrating that stuff uh, to the cloud. It seems like it's probably going to be easier to put my hands on. Uh, it's going to be harder for other people not to put their hands on those deal jackets if they don't have rights, if they don't have permissions to, uh, to do so. I can only, I'm just envisioning when, when Michael was talking about deal jackets and storage, storage boxes, storage containers, units, um, trailers, that's pretty dangerous from a dealer's perspective. So I think if we're exercising best practices, you know, and, and trying to do the right thing under consumer uh, financial protect for the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, I would think digital is the way to go. It helps to ensure that safety, helps ensure that confidentiality uh, around that data. Right, guys? Oh, most definitely. Just imagine a deal jacket is about $42,000 worth of cash in every jacket that you're about to lose. That's exactly right. Yeah, so that $42,000 cash you're talking about, you're about to, to lose, Rick, you're talking about the penalties, right, associated yeah, with, uh, with a, a data breach. And uh, yeah, and we all know that that exceeds the profit margin on the sale of most vehicles today. So, Got to sell a yeah, lot of cars for $42,500. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So it's uh, to me, I would consider best practices under these uh, rules. So Stuart, any final words on the CFPB for our podcast today? My final word would be, while the CFPB may have been a, a paper tiger for the last four years, five years, it is important for dealers to realize that government agencies have the gift of perfect hindsight, right? Just because under the Trump administration, the CFPB did not have fangs doesn't mean that they can't go back and look at information from during that time and penalize you today. And so to the to the extent that whatever has already happened has already happened, but to the extent that you have ready access to the information that you want and need in order to defend yourself, I think it could only be all the more valuable today. Excellent, excellent. All right, Stuart McCallum, thank you, our auto uh, niche leader. Thank you for participating on today's uh, panel. Uh, Rick Minista, Michael DeShiel, thank you from AutoTree. Thank you thank for you. Uh, adding your insight as to what you see as you service dealers throughout the country. Uh, again, under the CFPB, best practices, right? Digital uh, data jackets. Take that paper, go to the cloud, reach out to uh, the, uh, Michael and Rick uh, can help facilitate uh, that process uh, for you. I'm Jim Burke, uh, Managing Director for Advisory Services here at Witham. Thank you for listening to the special edition of our Auto Dealership Services Group podcast today. Thanks. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you'll be first in line to hear what's coming next. Don't want to wait for our next episode? Check us out at Witham.com. That's W-I-T-H-U-M dot com.